Welcome to CEO Interviews, a production for Gorecom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives about developments at their companies. And with us today, because there are a lot of developments at his company, Cameron Shell, Chairman and CEO of Dragonfly, trades now, I'm happy to say this, first time I'm going to say it, on the NASDAQ, on the stock symbol DPRO, and same symbol in Canada on the CSE. Uh, for those new to the story, because this may have caught your attention, especially for American investors down south, Dragonfly is not your recreational drone company. In fact, they're a creator of cutting-edge drone solutions, software, and artificial intelligence systems that revolutionize the way organizations can do business and service their stakeholders. They're recognized being at the forefront of technology for over 22 years. They're award-winning industry leaders serving the public safety, agriculture, industrial inspections, security mapping, and surveying markets. More than just lip service, 2020 revenue, $4.4 million, up 216%. Q1 record revenues, $1.55 million, up 210%. They recently closed a $20 million financing, 5 million shares at $4, 5 million shares at $4 a share. And finally, just list on the NASDAQ, and a whole bunch of other milestones, but we can't reach them all. Cam, welcome back, my man. George, I, I mean, you get me pumped up. I love it. I, I'm like, yeah, I guess we did get all that stuff done. That's amazing. So, hey, so great to be here. You're always so gracious and thank you. Oh, thank you. And trust me, I've got 20 other bullet points, but I figure people don't want to hear from me. Uh, they want to hear from you. So the biggest news, obviously, you just started trading less than a week ago officially on the NASDAQ. First of all, from all shareholders, including me to you and the team, congratulations. How is this going to change the life of the company, both on the capital market side and the business development side? Yeah, it's uh, it's been an incredible experience. So, you know, uh, you know, Dragonfly has been around for 23 years and, um, you know, we, we traditionally have been an IP development shop, contract engineering. Uh, we've done some, you know, obviously some product development and commercialization, building a brand. But um, but, you know, two years ago, there was, you know, we felt it was time to uh, to actually become a, a product and services company and really build a brand. And so at that time, we went public uh, here in Canada and on the OTC. And, um, you know, we did a financing, you know, 50 cents a share, uh, Canadian, and, um, and, 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 uh, and, and started, started building our business. And then, uh, and then we did another uh, financing here back in February at, at around 50 cents US. And, um, and, then, and then we just completed this last financing at, at $4 a share, which would be the equivalent of 80 cents US. So we've had a nice progression. Uh, we've been very fortunate that way. Uh, and, um, and before I you know, answer the direct question in terms of opportunities, sure. I, I think it's important to note that, that the, the getting to NASDAQ has been, has been a really arduous uh, process. Not uh, it's not easy and we've been really committed to it. Um, you know, we, we, because of the type of work we do with most of our customers in the U.S. and, and all the rest of it, it's, it's, it's an accelerant to, to what will happen with and for our business. Now, that said, when, uh, you know, the stock, you know, pre-rollback to, to get us onto NASDAQ was, was at a much higher level. And, um, and we took the calculated risk to have to roll it back to get there to, you know, it's kind of like two forward, one back, and then hopefully another four or five forward. But I want to acknowledge the fact that, that our stock is down and we've taken a hit in the market um, uh, because of it. And, um, and we appreciate the shareholders that are working with us and sticking with us and, and, and the such, but it, but it really is strategically the best thing 
uh, for the company, uh, for the shareholders uh, as a whole, uh, in order to do this. The, the week that we priced, um, you know, I just also want to point out that in the month of uh, July, uh, of the 34 small cap offerings that happened, 24 of them were underneath their offering price, and only two were above 10% of their offering price. Also, in the week that we uh, priced uh, to do the financing and, and lit uplist, you know, three IPOs were pulled. Robinhood was big underwater. I mean, it was a very tough. Uh, yeah, a lot of the big, a lot of the big IPOs have had have have, have struggled, but we're not too worried. Like, sure, it'd be great if everything was roses right off the bat, right, Cam? What shareholder, you and I, who would want that? But this is really about turbo, you know, turbo boosting the company's next phase of growth. Because I've had a, a couple of companies now go from junior markets to the Nasdaq. And what I saw, first of all, great capital market stuff, higher share price, uh, everyone's happy, uh, you know, after the first 12 months. But what I really noticed was the biz, develop, the biz development side. Uh, and that's because Georgecom may have wanted to do business with Dragonfly all this time, love the technology, but I'm a big US company. And I'm figuring, you know what, they're a Canadian, you know, they're listed on a Canadian stock exchange. I'm not sure. Getting to NASDAQ changes all that. It's amazing how many people it takes off the fence. I know it's early. You just got there. But are you seeing any rumblings of that where suddenly potential customers are looking much no more question. seriously at you? Yeah, no question. And I'm surprised how quickly it's happened uh, in terms of existing contracts that we're working on and, and where they're falling and just how you're viewed a little bit differently. But then also stuff that's already coming to the table, whether it's from the industry or from our bankers bringing stuff and such. You know, the, the, the listing also uh, brought us 40 new institutional shareholders to add to our 20,000 retail shareholders. So we've got a fantastic retail base now, which is really important in order to, to, to maximize or optimize that valuation. You know, four of those um, institutional holders took 10% took or more of the offering down. These are all long multi-billion dollar funds incredible due diligence. They are making very serious, and many of them names that, that, would, that, are, that are very well known in the space. And, and in fact, there's been further due diligence uh, with at least one, two, but one very, very deeply on a particular piece of our technology that, that they are like, you know, they want to write much bigger checks and do some specific biz dev with some other companies in their portfolio because of the tech that we have. So, I mean, and that was on day two. <laughs> like, um, yeah, and I believe you because I've seen like, that happen. It just the the the, the light switch flip, flips and away you go. Yeah. So, so we're we're really honored and uh, and don't take it lightly the position that we're in and um, and and are really really committed to to, uh, to 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 the process and you know it never works out perfectly but. As a management team and a board, this company has done every single thing that it said it was going to do. Sometimes it's a little slower than we like, and sometimes it's you know not as perfectly as we like. But every single thing gets done, and we just need to we just need to keep that left foot, right foot uh, path. And um, and you know we've got a stated goal. We're looking to be number one. We're, we're we number two is fun and fine, but uh, we want to be number one, and that's exactly where we're aiming and what we intend to do. And going back to what you said about the four large institutional investors. This is definitely a case of, look, it's not guaranteed, but you follow the smart money. I mean, these, these big funds got to where they got to by being very intelligent, very smart. They, they look under every rock before every they rock. make their investments. Clearly, they see uh, great um, uh, potential in the company. But more importantly, I think this is an important lesson now for all the retail investors, right? They're not looking at day by day, tick by tick. 
right? What they're looking at is, okay, is the business plan intact? And, you know, every, every six or 12 months, are they moving forward the way that, because they plan to be in this, in these names, the way I know it, I, I can't say these guys specifically, but for three to five years, right? This isn't a private placement where they can get out of the stock four months from now. Do you think, you know, am I, am I overstating that? Or do you think that's, that's the right lesson for for retail now to in order to get their confidence. It, it, well, certainly they uh, they they look under every single rock and they they really really uh, examine things closely. And and I'll, I'll be candid. I learned a ton. Uh, the entire management team learned a ton in the process, and I, and I think our business is because is better because of it. There's many strategic things or little blind spots that we had that these funds who did invest actually brought to us and, and have actually worked out solutions and we're adjusting some strategies in particular verticals in order to manage. So, so we, we really do have value add partners um, in that regard. So uh, the, the other thing that was overwhelmingly obvious to me, especially with the larger investors was uh, they, 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 you know, two seminal events happened in the drone industry in the last, uh, you know, 18 months, two years at, at most. One is regulatory clarity. So there is regulatory clarity now coming out almost monthly now is to how drones can be used, where right. they can be used. So what that means is industry can take their use cases, right? Build out a use case, build an ROI around it, and then and then bring something to the table and say, this is what we need to accomplish. Uh, who can do it? And, and they look around and they and Dragonfly is a solution provider. So, so we can provide a turnkey solution. So we, we've gone from, you know, selling our hearts out and educating, you know, until we can't talk and, and write or anything anymore to the point where it's inbound. Right. And, and the size of those customers now is that they're inbounding is bigger and bigger. And the size of the projects are more bold because there's that regulatory clarity. The second thing is, is the realization by government that nothing collects data better than a drone or delivers data better than a drone. And so both from a sentiment and a policy perspective, you know, it's all now being focused on North American manufacturing. Listen, not in the consumer space or in the very small uh, yeah, commercial space, but, but anything that's really serious and mission critical, which is data that businesses collect. That's, that, that's, that, it's US-based manufacturing. And so I, I heard several times, not just from the large funds, but from multiple funds, they were like, you know, th this is, this is the, this is the unrecognized industry. Every, so many people are focused on EV and autonomy and all the rest of it. And they're like, so. wait a minute, there, there's going to be, you know, X amount of millions of cars that are autonomous on the road in the next number of years. There's going to be tens of millions of drones. That, that are going to be in that same category doing new functions and performing existing functions because that regulatory clarity is coming. And, and they're desperately looking for who can deliver those types of solutions. There's no other company that's got 23 years of experience doing it. So, so we're, I mean, just overnight, the people were attracting, uh, not just in terms of customers and investors, but you know, you know, engineers and biz dev, and, you know, and like that type of stuff has really been a, an impact already in just in the first week. So Cam, you know, short-term share price concerns. I'm glad you 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 really addressed those right off the bat. But you know, short-term share price, little disappointments or uh, you know, vibe right now. Is it fair to say that Dragonfly is in the strongest strongest position it's ever been in? And serendipitously, you guys are listing on the Nasdaq, getting your war chest filled up right as government and regulations are leading. The, you know, the change necessary for your industry to really finally recognize its true potential. If you look at, uh, I think I can say this with, uh, with uh, certainly a high degree of confidence that if you look at every fundamental, financial fundamental on a per share basis, we are stronger today than we were ever 
you know, so, so, you know, when this, when the stock, you know, pre rollback was at three or $4, it was great. But if we look at the, the underlying value on a per share basis today, not to, even to mention the potential, it's, it's multiples of that. And so, you know, we, we see agree. a bit of an irrationality happening and maybe emotion or, you know, whatever, or, or concerns about uh, speculating on, on warrants that might come out or which, you know, I get several questions about, Hey, there's a bunch of warrants coming out and people not realizing that those warrants are, are, are priced like at the market, uh, have a hold period. And, you know, like you, you really got to, these are the things. And they're good you, for the company because they keep filling more, putting more money in your cost. It's non-dilutive capital. It's already figured into the cap table. So, so they're, and they're not, and, and they're held by, you know, 8,000 people. So it's, you know, nothing hits the market hard. And so this is the type of work that those institutions did. So, you know, the, the institutions did a financing that was above a warrant price that we only did back in February. So, so we talk about, yeah. hey, the price is down, but the reality is the financing value is up and we've got really smart money putting money in at higher levels than warrants were done, at, you know, that are two years, that have a two years um, tail on them that were done in February. So, you know, these are the things that when you really start to understand that, it, you get a very clear picture of, of where, the, where the, the stock should go. And I'll say this, just personal opinion, you know, 2016, I started banging the table in esports. People thought I was crazy. And by 2020, our first esports client on the NASDAQ. 2018, I started beating the table on drones and specifically drones as a trans as transportation, as un, you know, un, uh, unmanned vehicles and the role they're gonna play in society. And people started thinking I was crazy, but that seems to be coming to head as well. It seems like that's now realistically within, within earshot. So. Are drones about to go through their, you know, their paradigm parabolic shift, parabolic growth period in the next three, four years? Is this is this now the breakthrough time? Well, maybe surprisingly, George, if you would have told me that in 2018, I, I as a drone guy, I would have disagreed with you. I'd have been like, listen, Pizza Pizza Hut's not delivering pizza boxes. In, in the next few years. And, and I actually don't think that's the biggest part of the, the drone no, delivery no. market. But, but, you know, I, I'm like, uh-uh, that it's, it, and, uh, and that's not true. It is, the, 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 the inflection point has happened. Now we've been waiting 20 years for that inflection point to happen, right? So, so very credible analysts are saying, look, the drone industry at the bare, the smallest, the smallest estimate I can find is that the drone industry today is at $20 billion. Now, 90% of that's military. Right, ten percent of it it makes up you know uh, commercial, and even the, the of that ten percent is really very light commercial and consumer drone. It's projected by twenty twenty eight to go to forty billion dollars. That's the that's the least pretend. I've I've seen some reports from very credible you know big six firms that are five hundred billion dollars. So discount all of that and just say it's going to forty billion dollars. The majority of that's happening in North America. And the only reason it won't happen is capacity isn't going to keep up. So, so your vision back in 2016, 2018 is spot on. And, uh, and I wouldn't have believed it at the time. But I can tell you now, based on the pipeline and the work that we're doing, it's beyond real. It's happened. Now, now the market might not quite see it yet, uh, because that's always a trailing indicator a bit. But even over the next few quarters, much less the next year, uh, the drone industry is going to be viewed at like the EV or the autonomous car industry. That's just how big it's scaling now. Yeah, everyone's got their eye on autonomous vehicles and they're happening. But for me, autonomous in the sky is where big change and people don't see it. They don't see that coming. 
and people who see that coming and, and then and then therefore put their attention on dragonfly yeah. uh will probably be probably be well served i mean look i can't make decisions for people at home you've got to do your due diligence but to me to me it's a no-brainer and i got it right on esports i know i'm going to get right on this and dragonfly you know is one of the leaders so you, yeah. you, you've got well, well, the, the, the theme is autonomy right so if so if you follow like some of the great analysts out there and they and you know they got their buckets of themes and the theme is autonomy and and the majority of that focus is in autonomous vehicles but when you think about everything else that the autonomous vehicles is about this much of industrial autonomy and uh but by and and it it, it, it you know but the reality is the other big category in there that's probably even likely bigger is air autonomy and and that's where we're lucky enough to be playing yeah uh i know you can't give us numbers uh and maybe you'll put them in your earnings uh report next week maybe not but how does the pipeline look is it is it uh is it where you expect it to be is it better than you expected it to be is it less than you expected it to be how's how's the pipeline look and how's it filling up how, how's the rate of change yeah, the, our, our pipeline issues uh, revolve around capacity and resourcing uh, right now. Um, you know, it, 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 three weeks ago or six, you know, we, you know, we have, you know, close $40 million, you know, on the balance sheet uh, now. And, um, yeah, you know, and not that financing was an issue when we only had $20 million on the balance sheet, but, but now we're in a position to, to meet that capacity. So that's a, that's a big kind of like, you know, check mark in terms of like, right. you know, putting the rest of the pieces in place, which which we're down the path of, and so if if we can meet, uh, we will not meet capacity. Our our capacity will not meet demand. That that just it, it won't happen. It doesn't have to though. Um, uh, in terms of uh, throwing down some great results, and um, uh, you know, we we've had, uh, you know, a couple hundred percent year over year growth, fifty percent Q over Q growth. Um, we're, we're reporting earnings again uh, next week. I I, I don't see any change in trend in terms of how we've been performing and how we'll, we'll continue to perform. Um, if we're not performing at that level, it's, uh, it, you know, it's, it, it's for some other reason other than market demand. But, and, and, I don't, and I don't, I don't expect us not to be performing. Oh yeah. yeah. It's, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't think there's surprises coming on the, on the downside. That's for sure. By the way, it's important because you did mention that extra $20 million. You're right. You could have done a lot with your, with the 20 you had, but the extra 20 gives you a lot more capacity. I think it's important also a small lesson for people watching at home. The investors don't make that investment because they want to buy stock. Yes, they're getting stock, but they're giving you that 20 million because they're confident that you're going to be able to take that 20 million and, and grow substantially from that, right? That's essentially why they're doing it. And obviously the stock is the bet they're making. But I think sometimes investors don't quite understand that. Maybe it's good to revisit that here that they didn't give you 20 million because they want $20 million worth of stock. If they didn't have the confidence that you could take that 20 million and do some R&D uh, and do all, all this, some other growth initiatives, then they wouldn't have given it to you in the first place. Doesn't matter how cheap your stock is. Uh, how are you looking to deploy that 20 million? Uh, is it ramping up capacity, engineers, uh, developers, AI people, so that you can take on more and more projects as fast as you can? Yeah, it's uh, the vast majority of it is all about uh, meeting demand, right? So that's uh, that's product development based on customer demand. So we have the, we have the great luxury of not, uh, you know, I, 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 more, I couldn't count the amount of times of saying like, you have this IP portfolio, you've developed these projects, you've put out AI into the, into the, the space that can read heart rates from respiratory rates from cameras, and, and you had $500,000 of R&D last year. Like what, what, what's not making sense here? So I, I would have loved to say, well, we're just that smart and all that stuff. And we're, we're not, uh, I mean, we're hardworking. Uh, but the reality is it's customer projects 
that funded that R&D. And that will continue to be uh, our strategy for two reasons. One, it's, it's, it's great for the balance sheet and great for great, you know, not for creating uh, unnecessary overheads. But more importantly, what we're developing is going into the market today. We're commercializing, we're not developing. And so everything that we have coming out in that product, that product input that we're putting using with this capital is all based on what customers are wanting right now. So that, that's where the vast majority of that capital will go is meeting product demand that customers are asking for. Um, and, and of course we're in the innovative space. So it'll be new products and new IP and stuff. That now, now certainly we'll have, we'll have some working capital. We'll have a prudent reserve and then we'll have M&A. And, uh, and M&A is going to be an important part of our strategy. Uh, it is an important part of our strategy going forward. And there's two types of companies that we're really looking for. Uh, the one type is, is, is maybe uh, something that has IP that is already in market or ready to go that we need to service into a customer immediately. If it's something great piece of IP that's three or four years away, that's not interesting to us because we have really strong IP development capabilities. And so that infrastructure is less expensive for us to do that rather than purchase it. But if it's for a customer need right now, we'll go after it. The second is really about capacity. Now there's no other drone companies out there to buy. Uh, believe it, you know, uh, it's certainly that can't move the, the, the needle, right, uh, at all. So the type of capacity that we're looking to buy is in the advanced composite space, the advanced electron electronics, advanced machining, um, those types of things that will adjunct to our existing manufacturing facilities and really allow us to, one, uh, accelerate our capacity, but also there's some capability issues in there that, uh, not issues, there's some capability opportunities in there that will take some of our drone designs and innovation to the next level. I can't wait to see what kind of press releases are going to be coming out between now and the end of the uh, I'm, I'm like giddy. I know. <laughs> kind of things and the kind of opportunities and where people can say, wow, I didn't think that someone would want that solution, you know, using drone and AI for that specific kind of solution and that kind of, so that's going to be amazing. And I'd ask you more, but you can't be more specific without breaking the rules. So, uh, you know, the, the securities regulation. So let's, let's go on to an example of, of the kind of things you're doing. And we'll end it there because I think it's important to remind everyone that the business keeps continuing. Uh, press release, Dragonfly commences training for Texas EMS drone delivery services. So yeah. you're currently in phase one as part of your cold chain delivery system contract, uh, training EMS drone delivery support personnel. Put that into English for people who are just watching for the first time, you know, a little bit of layman's terms and talk about that opportunity is just as one example of, of, of the kind of things that you're doing. So, so cold chain delivery services, uh, which is a, a sub of cold chain technology services is uh, one of the largest logistics providers for um, vaccine delivery and logistics in the United States and now also uh, medical equipment. So they provided the entire state of Texas with COVID vaccines, the entire city of Chicago and, and, on, and not just COVID and vaccine stuff, but I mean, lot, lots of different stuff in the, in the medical space and equipment and such. And so they're standing up a delivery service, um, you know, and, and completely powered by uh, Dragonfly. And, uh, and, and so to, to give you a sense of the differentiator that Dragonfly brings to the table, uh, doing delivery is is one thing into remote areas or out onto oil rigs or uh, into challenged locations. And what I mean by a challenged location, it, it might be a location that already has a widespread infection. You don't want to bring in more people into that population, or it might be a disaster relief area. So think about a fire fight, uh, a, a fire zone where you've got uh, roads that are cut off and you've got to get people into 
you know, into a, you've got to get equipment into a community. Um, uh, it might be something as simple as water or, or, or as complex as medicine uh, or, or, or even firefighting equipment at some level uh, or, or, or a flood or a hurricane or things like that. This is a real use case scenario that has immediate ROI. And now that there's regulatory clarity about how these drones can be used in those situations and processes uh, to be able to fly it in those situations, you know, companies are going, hey, wait a minute, now this is efficient. And if we don't do this, it's irresponsible not to deliver this type of stuff. So, so we're, we're training pilots right now in, in, in how to fly. We're training personnel in how to receive handling uh, situations, um, emergency response situations and such. Now the uh, big differentiator and, and a great example of how we develop something uh, based on a customer requirement and now it's porting into other industries would be the vital intelligence technology that we have. So the drones that we're using in these situations and training for are actually the first responders into, a, let's call it a hurricane scenario right. or a, a, a fire where there's a, a community that's cut off. So you're flying these drones and you're flying equipment in, uh, they can be flying uh, with all the proper exemptions, rules, check marks, all that kind of stuff. They can be flying beyond line of sight and even in some cases uh, autonomously. And uh, in those cases, they're delivering equipment. But at the same time, like the entire drone industry really is, is, is made up of two categories. And those two categories are either delivery or data. And they're, they're intrinsically meshed together. And this is a great example of it because you're delivering equipment or, or such into these locations. But at the same time, that drone is delivering data back to the trucks that are rolling that aren't there yet. So you can't get a mass of boots into an area, but you can get three or four drone pilots or, or 10 drones moving and, and running and going. And as they're giving environmental data, they're giving uh, personnel data, they're giving population data. They're even measuring the vital signs of the survivors on the ground, the heart rates, the respiratory rates, the blood pressures, and they're sending all that back. So as these trucks are rolling, they know critical areas, right? Where either the helicopters go or the trucks got to go, where they need to triage. That is, that's like live time, real use case on scale. That, that's right out of the movies. That's right out of the movies where you got the robots who can see what's going on first and letting the humans know, here's what's coming. Let everyone prepare, let everyone do their job much better. And the implications are massive, right? Saving lives, uh, saving uh, structures, all of that. It's just amazing what rolls from that. Yeah, and 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 the delivery is incredibly important, but but the data that comes out of it and the intel that that you get, and now the yeah. integrated approach to be able to do it, and you know that's one use case, um, and and it and it just as an example, and there's I and you can take this global, right, Cam? This example of this specific application, there is the uh, there is the corner of the world that doesn't. We saw fires in Australia. We've seen hurricanes in the U.S. We've seen massive flooding in Germany. You see it everywhere. I mean, the, this technology can go global, right? This, this is a perfect example of creating an application that could instantly have RFPs for it all, all around the world. Yeah, and, and, and we're deploying it today. And I don't know anybody else that's deploying it today. Lots of people want to do it and talk about it. And we're overwhelmed with inbound requests and when can you get to us and all the rest of it. Oh, and, boy. And, you know, so... Um, uh, and, and we got 23 years of history of doing this. I mean, Dragonfly drone was the first drone to save a human life. And that drone sits in the Smithsonian today. We can do this. We're going to do this. And it's going to be a better world because of it. I love the term overwhelmed with inbound requests. Yeah. It's little pieces, it's little pieces of uh, content like that that tell us a lot about <laughs> where the business is going. You're the good. last part is earnings next week. I know you can't talk to us about any specifics there, but... Uh, you know, should all shareholders be tuning in? 
Absolutely. We'd love to have them tune in and entertain their questions. And, uh, you know, we try to run a candid operation to the, at the level of transparency that's appropriate and, and, uh, and, and, and uh, legal. Uh, but yeah, we, we, we want to address concerns and issues that, that, that maybe have been happening with the stock. And, and moreover, we, we want to we talk about the results uh, that we're getting. And um, we're never shy. We've never hidden behind any results. And, and, uh, we, and you know, luckily, we don't have to because they're, they're good results. Well, yeah. 2020 revenue was up 216%, uh, record Q1 revenue, and that was for the period ended March 31st, uh, was up 210%. So I've got some confidence that that kind of, that pattern of growth will probably be continuing. And buddy, not just this quarter, I mean, that's going to be great, but for serious investors, I know I am, we're, we're looking 12, 24, and 36 months down the road because this is now the age for for the for drones and drone solutions and drone applications like we like the world has never seen everyone's focused on electric vehicles and maybe unmanned electric unmanned uh, autonomous electric vehicles but the entire drone uh, space is about to go through a, an unbelievable paradigm shift. There's, there's a lot more airspace that, than there is ground space. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, it's just geographics, if not, uh, if not any, anything else. And um, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to next week. Uh, you know, we, we, um, you know, per, percentage wise, you know, listen, four, four and a half million dollars. I mean, it's, it's crazy. That's that for a commercial drone manufacturer, we're still one of the largest at that number, which is almost embarrassing. But I don't see an insight in the terms of the growth that will happen. And so, you know, to go to four to eight to 16 and on and on, it's, it's entirely possible. And um, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's ours to win now. Well, everyone at home has got to do their due diligence. And that starts with watching great interviews like this uh, and then going to do their due diligence, tuning into the earnings call next week. But in the meantime, Cam, congratulations on getting the ball over the line, getting the NASDAQ listing. People think it's probably a lot easier than it is because they figure, hey, fill out some paperwork and it's an application, but it's not. The fact that you guys got over that hump is great. But now the opportunities are gonna are, are gonna be uh, several uh, in the capital markets and on the biz dev side. And congratulations for doing that because that's tremendous value for shareholders that some will not understand. But trust me, guys, for everybody watching this, getting on the Nasdaq completely changes everything for these companies and there's no doubt that it's going to change everything for uh, for dragonfly george you're always so gracious thanks for your time thank you buddy can't wait to have you back and see you next week on the on the q2 call thank you for everybody at home you've been watching or you've been listening by podcast on spotify google apple your favorite podcast platform to cameron shell he's chairman and ceo of dragonfly trades on the nasdaq love saying that for the first time under dpro and in canada under dpro as well for those new to the story, because you've just, you know, I know, in fact, I've already seen some of my followers from the U.S. who invested in our esports clients and been happy with that uh, after they got to the NASDAQ. Now we're actually starting to uh, pick up positions in Dragonfly because they see it's on the NASDAQ. So if you're new and you need to start your due diligence, get to Agoracom, get to the Dragonfly profile page, because we know there's a lot of new stuff here that's not the easiest thing to understand sometimes. And we give you a good 10,000 foot overview. So you got a great view of the company and what it's doing. But then to do your deeper dive due diligence, you can see it. You can get there from Agoracom. You can see it right above Cam right now. Get to dragonfly.com. Do your deep dive due diligence. Just don't tell us 12, 24, and 36 months from now that we didn't tell you so. Have a great <laughs> day. See you next time. 
Hey guys, this video is over, but don't forget to help your company by liking it and then leaving a comment below. And then don't forget to help yourself by subscribing to our channel so you don't ever miss another great Agoracom small cap video.